Hey everyone, I'm Erica. And I'm Shay. And we're two bestie moms breaking down topics each week here on our podcast. We cover everything from pop culture to travel, motherhood, organization, fitness, fashion, food, and so much more. We're two best friends just chatting about life and we're so excited you're here. Hello. Hey. Okay, I'm excited about today's episode. Me too. I love talking about friendship. Me too. And we receive so many questions about it that it makes me think lots of ladies out there want to talk about friendship. Yeah, I am pumped too to mention all the favorite friendships that you came up with that we have watched on TV or in a movie or something like that. After we recorded this and you went home, did you have... Any thoughts you wish you wouldn't have said or anything that you thought you should wish you would have added? I don't think so. Did you? Did you come up with something else? No, but I, I feel like I contemplated this one quite a bit. Like when it was all said and done and, you know, the days following, I just thought about it a little bit. And I don't know. I don't know. I just I think I thought about this one maybe more than some of the other ones. Well, I think because girlfriends are so important to other girls, right? Like, yeah, you know. They can kind of make you or break you. And so it's an important topic. Yeah, I really um, resonated with me and I was part of the podcast. So I hope it resonates with other people out there as we break down friendship. Yes, we're so glad you're here today. All right, here's the episode, Breaking Down Friendship. Enjoy. Erica, this is a really, really great podcast topic. I'm so glad that readers asked us to talk about friendship. I'm really excited about what we're going to discuss today, you know, as friends breaking down friendship. That's super fun. Yeah, I think a lot of these are things that we don't even realize that we do or something that we maybe wouldn't even want to share or think it's like worthy of sharing with somebody. But I hope after listening, it helps someone out with making some new friends. Um, yeah, me too. That, I think that would be a great goal is that we just help other women, you know, find friendships in their communities. Uh, before we chat friendships, how's it going? How's life? Oh, life is good. I love the summer. <laughs> it's my favorite. Me too. It's so nice, right? Yeah. Are, are you still waking up at your normal time? Yes, but I get a lot more peace and quiet for longer hours in the morning when my kids aren't waking up like school times. What about you? Yeah, and when they do wake up, there's not that rush to like get dressed. You have your homework. Do you have your you know computer charged? We have to get out the door. Yeah, so much more time in the morning for sure. Yeah, so Shay and I, we live a lot of our lives very similarly, but something that's very different is how we have to apply sunscreen to our families. (laughs) That is a summer topic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. At the pool, I mean, I probably go through double the amount or maybe triple the amount of sunscreen that Shay does on a a weekly basis. Let's be real. (laughs) Shay's kids get like a nice brown, golden, not even golden, brown sun summer tan and slaughter kids turn red. (laughs) I do always feel pressure whenever, I don't know, we get to the pool, your kids are swimming at my pool. And whenever I'm responsible for spraying down a slaughter child, I feel so much pressure because I'm like, if there is any redness on this kid later today, it's going to be my fault. (laughs) Overly spray them down because I'm like, this kid cannot get burned on my watch. (laughs) I know it's a lot of pressure, right? (laughs) 
It is. You know, show kids, I spray them down, but I don't feel the need because they don't burn. Yeah, you don't have to reapply. Where I'm like checking my watch, I'm reapplying at least once, if not twice. Just a completely different ball game over in the slaughterhouse, that's for sure. Well, real friendship is me spraying down your kids well so that <laughs> I don't I don't upset you later by them being burned. There we go. We should stop the podcast now. That's the secret to friendship. <laughs> Fear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought it would be fun to break down some of our personal favorite, like best friends on TV to see which ones we were more like between the characters. I love this. Yes, let's discuss. Okay, so I'll read the friendship and you tell me, I'll let you decide who's who. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be really easy because you're going to be all the fun characters. I'm going to be all the type A. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 not always. (laughs) Okay, what about Rachel and Monica? Okay, well, Monica's super type A. The part that I think about the most when I think about Monica and Rachel um, are all the episodes where Monica's like cleaning when she gets stressed. (laughs) And that is Shay. That is not me at all. And Monica makes jam too. That's right. (laughs) However, Rachel's like the ditzy one who just is there for the good time. Yeah, Rachel's fun. (laughs) She's cute and bubbly and fun. And Monica doesn't want you to put your drink on the table without a coaster. Yes. Yes. That's our lives right there. Yeah. See, see, I already told you this game is me. I'm type A and you are the fun one. What about Grace and Frankie, which I think is a very underrated show. We both love Grace and Frankie. Yes. If you haven't watched and you're okay with a little rated R, you should totally watch Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I'm the Frankie again in that relationship because she's the like whimsical. There's not a lot of structure to her life. <laughs> and Grace, who cannot age to save her life, is Jane Fonda. very type A. Yes, Jane Fonda is looking amazing as Grace. But would you agree, Shay? Well, Frankie's the one that's like getting a chili cheese dog and eating it in the car. Like, <laughs> right? And she's just so fun. That would happen in our real life friendship. Oh, for sure. Shay would not understand why there was like a chili cheese dog in the floor of my car or something, but it could be there right now. Who knows? I'm super happy to pull over and let you eat your chili cheese dog outside. My car. <laughs> <laughs> but Frankie is again more fun, but um, Grace is adorable because it's Jane Fonda and she's just adorable. Okay. Meredith and Christina. I feel like this one's a little harder. I agree because I don't really know the difference. I feel like um, I can't. I haven't seen their different. Like is she type A, type B. What's I can't really tell so much on those. What do you think? Um, Christina is the perfectionist. Oh, then you're the Christina. <laughs> I'm Christina. I'm Meredith. <laughs> Meredith gets you know the cute, handsome surgeon, and so I feel like you want to be Meredith in this situation too. Okay, I win that one again. Yeah, Christina is adorable, but she is. Yeah, the more probably type A between the two. She's stressed about the test. I remember all of that. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. Lorelai and Rory, who are mother and daughter, but they're also like best friends too. Um, I think I'm Lorelai because she's a hot mess at moments and Rory has her life together. Yeah, I'm probably going to be Rory. Yeah. (laughs) She reads a lot of books too. So there's that. I'm reading a book and you're at the coffee shop, you know, flirting with the cute (laughs) behind the counter because you're fun like that. Steiner. Serena and Blair. 
smart too. I, I mean, both of those two have killer wardrobes, so I'm okay either way. Um, let's see. They're both too fun to be me, I think. No. <laughs> who I don't know. Who do you think is who? Uh, probably Serena's more laid back than Blair. Because Blair's worried about, like, her next step and where she's going to go to college and all of that. Yeah, and probably more worried about her parents' approval. Yes. Maybe that Rena was kind of like, eh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cute friendship. I probably, I'm probably more the Blair. That one's a little tricky. Okay, well, this next one's going to trick you up because there are four people. Carrie, Charlotte, Samantha, or Miranda? Oh, I think you're Charlotte. Me too. (laughs) Um, and I'm not sure about me, but Charlotte is the one who's, you know, worried about making dinner. Yeah, Charlotte. And she really likes a lot of structure. I totally see that. I think you could be a little bit of all of them in all the best ways. (laughs) Good answer. This is why we're friends. Even Samantha's like, go with the flow, um, which you are. But you're also a hard worker like Samantha, too. You know, she has a big career, just like Miranda. It's, I couldn't break down that friendship between just two of them because I thought it was a friendship of four. Yeah, absolutely. Which is totally possible. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. Some best friendships can be more than just two people. For sure. And then last, Lucy and Ethel, the ultimate best friends, right? I mean, I know of them, but I've never dissected their characters enough to know which one has their life together and which one is living a little bit more spontaneously. Did you not watch I Love Lucy growing up? Yeah, but I remember Ricky. Wasn't that her husband? Maybe I should stop doing this right now and go watch I Love Lucy. (laughs) I've watched every single episode of I Love Lucy multiple times. What? Yes, my grandparents had the VHS collection. And when I say I've watched them all repeatedly to the point that, yes, like, my grandfather at one point when I would come over, he would he would say he would always read his Bible while I watched whatever TV I was going to watch. And he would say, like, I'm going to read my Bible in the kitchen. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was like, not again, not again. <laughs> he was like, this Bible reading is going to go in the other room as much as I want to just be in your presence. Not if you're going to watch I Love Lucy. <laughs> OK, so you answer which which is which? I think probably Ethel is the more grounded and Lucy's the more willing to be spontaneous and fun. I love how you're making she's do you guys hear how she's making that sound so positive? Like she could have just said the word scatterbrained, <laughs> but she twisted it and and used different words and I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm you know, cuz I'm type A. I'm trying to like you know, <laughs> the best picture for you. Ah, that's why we're friends, Shay. That's why we're besties. Okay, tell everybody how we met and what kind of what our story is. Okay, so in the year of 2006, um, Tab and I decided to check out churches in the area. We had just moved to McKinney, to the town we live in now, and we started checking out different churches to find where we were going to plant our family, where we were going to start, you know, really getting invested. And we stumbled upon our church and Shay and Andrew happened to be in the Sunday school class. Essentially, it's not really what they call it, but that's what it was. Um, They were in the class with us. We got introduced. I mean, super very, you know, not like a tight thing at all. Um, But then over time on in our house, Tab and I were really starting to struggle to get pregnant 
we were having a lot of issues with that. It just wasn't going easily. And little did we know that in their house, Shay and Andrew were going through the same thing. And so through another friend in the Sunday school class meeting or introducing us, we, I think we started talking. Is that what happened? Like they gave us our, we, we started talking, we got each other's number or something and kind of reached out just in a, oh my gosh, you're the one who was also going through this. And we befriended each other that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, I am agreeing with everything you're saying. Yeah. I think that's what happened. And I mean, I know we've said this before, but within that Sunday school class, just because we were the age of, I don't know, like 25, 25 to 30 or something where most of the people, while we were doing that, I kid you not, it felt like 700 people announced that they were pregnant. So just knowing that someone else was in the exact same boat that I was, not that we weren't excited for all of those people, we were, but then there was also, you know, that just hard to hear side of you every time somebody announced it. Um, So I don't know, I just think over time, we started talking, hanging out more, our husbands, you know, became friends and got introduced that way. I don't know. So the year's 2021. And so we've been friends for 15 years. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're, not, we're not known for being great with math. That sounds <laughs> right. You know what I am known for, though? I'm known for being really good at dates and numbers, right? Yeah. Do you remember the day we met, Shay? Are you about to say that? Oh, I'm re- like, it's it's a freakish little fact about me. I'm really good with, with remembering dates and numbers. Math, not good. But uh, when we first became friends... And in 2006, when we first became friends in our Sunday school class alone, from the time I started trying to have a baby to the time I actually got pregnant, 11 couples got pregnant. Okay. I just estimated 700. So it kind of felt like 700, but 11. 11 out of one Sunday school class. So to say like baby was the topic every week when you walked in, everyone was either pregnant, just had a baby, bringing their brand new baby into Sunday school. Planning the baby shower, inviting everyone to a baby shower. Yes, it was very baby focused. How many baby showers did we host or attend? It was every weekend. A lot. It was every weekend. So when our mutual friend said she knew we were, she already had kids. She would go on to have more, but she already had a couple of kids. So the pressure wasn't on her like it what we felt to have our first babies. When she suggested we be friends, it was very instant connection and a very instant chemistry. I will say the very first time we ever spoke to each other, though, was that first time we had just joined the Sunday school class a month or two before you guys had. But I've said this a million times, but it still cracks me up. You guys walked into Sunday school, super adorable couple. You sat right behind us, and then you tapped me on the shoulder and asked me where I bought my blonde bobby pins. <laughs> and I remember telling you the answer and then turning back around and thinking like, huh, anybody that notices that attention to detail, that's my kind of friend right there. <laughs> that is so funny. I don't remember that. I remember because we we're in Texas and Shay and Andrew were Kansas State fans, right? I remember the night before... There was, I don't know, I think it was Texas, right? Like UT played Kansas State and at the last minute, Kansas State beat them or something like that. And that Sunday, Shay and Andrew showed up in their K-State shirts, like super cute. And they made them church appropriate, I should say. But I remember everybody else kind of being like, whoa, you know, look at your shirts. Um, And I remember, that's, that's what I remember. 
I don't remember the bobby pins or anything like that. I just remember being like, okay, I can get down with this, like, you know, kind of trash talking in Sunday school a little bit. <laughs> little did you know that these friends you were going to meet were both eights and <laughs> trash talk like the best of them. <laughs> and worship Jesus at the same time. Yes. So we became friends based on uh, just the foundation or we got to know each other better based on the foundation that we couldn't get pregnant. And then all of a sudden, we were nothing but pregnant for the next year and a half, the two of us. In about 17 months, between the two of us, we had four babies. Bam, that was quick. It was quick. We entered this crazy stage of, oh my gosh, we're pregnant at the same time. And then it was, oh my gosh, we have infants at the same time. Then it was, oh my gosh, we have infants and we're pregnant again at the same time. Yes. Found ourselves with four babies, one and under. And we also found ourselves for the first time being stay-at-home moms. Yeah. That first year after we had our first children or <laughs> child, we both stayed at home. And so we also kind of had all this free time. And so that was something new that we were navigating as well as motherhood. One of my favorite memories, and we have photos. We'll have to post these photos because they crack me up every time. But Nixon was how old when we went to the zoo? I think it was two weeks old, but maybe three. Okay. So Nixon was two or three weeks old. Okay. And then Ebilee was 12 months old. Smith was three months old and Kensington would be about 17 months old. So the oldest is 17 months. Everyone's still taking a bottle, right? Everyone, <laughs> everyone is still in diapers. No one can walk independently. And we decided it was a great idea to take them to the zoo and the pictures are hysterical because about every five minutes, we had to stop and hold someone and feed someone. Change someone's diaper. I was a hormonal mess. I remember what I was wearing. I was wearing green sweatpants shorts. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do. That's how I felt too. That sums up how I was feeling on the inside. I was exhausted enough to wear green sweatpants shorts to the zoo. But we went together <laughs> because we were just looking for a way to fill our day with four little babies, the zoo probably wasn't the most practical way <laughs> since our kids didn't even know what an animal was. But but it was the start, and, you know, it was the start of just taking these kids everywhere and navigating motherhood together. Yeah. And we also realized early on that there are going to be times when my kids are going to lose their mind and act a fool. And there are going to be times when Shay's kids are the ones doing it. And there's no judgment. It happens to both of us. Yeah. You know, we made it work. Yeah. And then we each went on to have two more kids because it was just so fun. We just kept doing it. Um, but <laughs> it's nothing short of divine intervention that our other kids are the same ages pretty much because we didn't we didn't plan any of them to be the same age. Let's start from there. Oh, yeah. We weren't good enough to plan to get, you know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't, we weren't those type of people who could plan that that well. No, it was a miracle that we each got pregnant the first time since we were both trying so hard and had been for such a long time. Then it was an accident. We both got pregnant again. Neither one of us was wanting or prepared or ready for those second pregnancies. And then you had Bowen. Yes. And who is just the most precious kid in the whole world. And then we were in the process of adopting, but it I mean, we weren't trying to adopt a kid Bowen's age at all. It was just, again, divine intervention that Ashby and Bowen happened to be the same age. Yeah. He adopted Maidley. And again, you weren't trying to adopt a child that was similar 
an age to Maidley, but the Lord put little Brit, who was only 11 months younger than Maidley. So it's really an accident. Our kids all line up like that. Yes. No, I. it's super cool, too, that the oldest two are the same gender. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay talks so fondly about Bowen like that because for a while, Bowen was the youngest and the baby of the whole group. So I think that's why... Not that we don't love each other's kids, but, you know, Bowen was like her baby for a while, too, until Ashby and Maidley came along. Um, so, yeah, God is super cool like that when he is working out all the details. Yeah, really cool to take two people that met because they couldn't become moms. And then the Lord blessed us with eight kids all at the same age. So it's been really cool to see our families unfold over the last, what did we say, 15? Yeah, 15 years. I actually think it was in the fall. I think we met in the fall. But yeah, 15 years ago almost. So fun. What about our husbands? Do you remember like when they clicked for the first time? I feel like it was in Sunday school because they both clicked over um, playing college football. Yes. You know, I think they had that in common. Like they were yeah. guys. And by the way, can I just say, when I say Sunday school, I feel like I never sound more Texan than saying sun. Every time I... Because you say Sunday? Yeah, it comes out. I'm like, that's bad. <laughs> say it better next time. Sunday school. <laughs> it's terrible. But I remember... I, I really do. I think I have memories of them just instantly just, hey, bro, what's up? Like connecting over, oh, you played football? Like I played football. And then they're ve- they're very similar in personalities too. Yes, I agree. Very intense. Both like to work out. Both love their jobs, love their families, uh, love to travel. They just instantly clicked on all the same levels that we did. Yeah, our kids have always clicked too. I mean, Karina, they haven't been really given a choice. I mean, they were like laying there as newborn babies beside each other. And it was like, here's your best friend. Good luck. (laughs) Um, But it's always worked out. It has. And the only, between the four sets, the only set that is not the same gender is Ashby and Bowen. And I would say we don't force them to be best friends. They just really naturally like each other. Yeah, their friendship has been so sweet to see. But yes, they really like each other. I would even say at certain times they split off and do boy stuff and girl stuff with other groups, you know, among the kids, but they also are each other's besties too. Yeah. It's really sweet to watch that because it's, it's the, the only one that's not the same gender. It's w- sweet to watch their little friendship. Yes. Uh, okay. We've gotten a lot of questions about friendship and I think it's definitely a topic on a lot of women's minds. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. So I think one of the most common um, questions we've been getting is, well, what if it's like a bigger group of friends? And we do have a bigger group that we would consider to be besties with us. How does that work? How does it work, Erica? Does it work? (laughs) I mean, it totally works. I've never thought about it because I feel like our group of bigger friends works really well. It's really easy for us. Um, I mean, I do think that within that group, you have like side friendships that are probably stronger than some other side friendships. But um, I don't know. I think we just love each other. We look for the best in each other. We're giving each other grace. We're not assuming the worst. Um, I don't know. To be honest, our bigger group is really easy. I think so, too. I think it was organically created. I don't know if a better way of saying it. Like we didn't set out to let's find friends and make a group. Yes. It just kind of organically came about. 
several of us went to church together, but not all of us. And then we would be like, hey, you know, my friend so-and-so wants to come have lunch with us. And we're like, sure, invite her. And then now, 10 years later, she's one of our best friends. It just kind of morphed into what it is today, which is a really, really solid and super sweet and supportive friendship. Yeah, I think um, we we don't get upset if you can't be there, you know, but then at other times we do make it a priority or that solid friendship wouldn't have worked out so many years later. Yeah, I think too, we have the same core values, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, as like women and moms and wives, the same core values, but we are different people and different personalities. So some of us have, you know, maybe different priorities or different hobbies or have some different beliefs in some certain areas. And we're, we're not judgmental. We're, in fact, very supportive and encouraging of everybody and their differences. We're raising our kids, you know, mostly the same because we're in the same area. But there's definitely things that we're all doing a little different. I feel like there's it's a no judgment zone. Yeah, the the really important stuff we agree on. And then the rest, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. And we don't let it matter in our group. I think what's uh, really solidified our sweet group of friends, and, and we have other friends too that we're going to talk about, but this one group in particular, like our just bestie besties, um, one of the things that solidified it is one of us died. And I think when you... Or have a friend that's like a best friend and she has cancer and she's a mom and we went through that together for years and she passed away and I just think like that's the worst thing that can happen to a friendship right and we saw each other through the worst and I I don't know I think yeah that's really made an impact on our friendship too yeah I think when you walked that road alongside you know eight or nine other girls there's no turning back, you know, like they've seen the best, they've seen the worst, and they're loving you anyway. And that's all that matters in friendship. Yeah, there's a lot of vulnerability and honesty, I think, between our friendships. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think we share stuff that probably we shouldn't share because I don't know, we're open and honest. And I don't know, don't have a lot of secrets with each other. But there's no judgment, like you said before. Yeah, it's a real safe place. I think once you have that, then it's, I don't, this is my opinion. I think once you have that, then it's easy to spot where it's not in other friendships. I'm not guarded at all in like this friendship. Um, But it's because I, you know, I feel the openness to me being able to be honest and vulnerable without the condemnation or the judgment. So you can easily spot it when you don't see it in other side friendships. Yeah. And I think everyone is being vulnerable. I think it would be different if, you know, just part of the group was being, you know, raw and open and part of it wasn't. But I think our whole group is like that. We treat each other that way. It's kind of, I don't know, how it's grown through the years. And so there are no questions about what's okay to share and what what not, what's not okay. One of my favorite, I don't know, one of my favorite little pastimes, (laughs) I've done it quite a bit over the last you know, year or so is to scroll back up through our thread because it is so much prayer and encouragement. And, you know, we are constantly like, I'm having a hard day or my husband has a job interview or my kid has a test. Like we're very much like putting prayer requests out there. And I know when I do that, 
everybody is praying. Yes. Also, too, I think we um, we're not living our everyday life um, like they're not necessarily my school mom friends or my sports mom friends. They're not even in the same little town or area as me. But I know if something happens, they would drop what they were doing. They would shuffle their kids. They would figure it out to help. Yeah. When we, you know, unfortunately had a few instances where we've had to do that or we, you know, we've yes had the opportunity to to love on one of the other ones because of something terrible. And yeah, it's powerful. It's so powerful to see that. I think it's, um, I don't want to say it's easy because when you're doing that, you know, it takes um, takes time and, you know, sacrifice from whatever else you're supposed to be doing. But seeing your friends love your other friends in that way is really amazing to watch. You know, I mean, I experienced it too, but just even like bringing home Brit and my friends stopping what they were doing and showing up at the airport to like love on us big. Um, I mean, that's not easy, right? Going out of your way to drive an hour to stop what you're doing to be at the airport. Like I completely get that that threw a kink into everyone's, you know, Thursday plans. Um, but just showing up for each other is, is key. Yeah, I think so too. I, uh, I think that sometimes you can have friendships that aren't as solid maybe. And then maybe it's hard to look at other people's friendships and you want to, you want to think that they're super flawed because you've, you've been a part of some super flawed ones. And Eric and I have too, we've been a part of some friendships that have been super flawed, but uh, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes the Lord just is able to, I think we can tell like, this is a really solid group of friends. It's been such a blessing to me. Yeah. And I think um, until I kind of shared about it and other people weighed in on, you know, with questions like, how do you guys make this work? And how do you make it look so easy? And I don't know, I almost like took it for granted because I didn't realize that it was so hard to find, you know? Yeah. I mean, because realistically, we've been friends with this group for over 10 years. And we've only had this is this is the, the truth. We've only had one awkward borderline, maybe someone's gonna get their feelings hurt moment. One. And Erica, <laughs> what was that one moment in our friendship? Okay, well, you guys know my personality. I was like under a Christmas tree with my hands over my face because I didn't want to be involved in the conflict or the drama. Um, but on a girl's trip to New York City, we were trying to agree on a souvenir that was the same like New York City Christmas ornament. And a couple girls wanted this one and a couple girls wanted this one. And the fight was on. And I would say that out of our group, you know, we've we've all taken the Enneagram test. We all know like our personalities, but there are probably what would you say are two alphas in our group, right? I'm an alpha. And then our friend Lori is another <laughs> alpha. Okay. But she out alphas me. Okay. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Lori will win. She will win every time. But Lori and I, who are the most alpha we were also with Erica under the Christmas tree because we were both like, this is, it was, it was so beyond like, I didn't care about which ornament I went home with. And I think that's what made it even fun. Yeah. Was our more quiet personalities that were more passionate about the ornament that would go home with them. So, yes. And we were like totally saying that in like a kidding way, but that was like the biggest <laughs> argument or disagreement or 
fight, if you want to call it that loosely, that we've ever had. It was over ornaments in the Macy's in New York City. <laughs> and we left Macy's laughing hysterically about how, like, who would have thought our, you know, first, you know, tense moment would be over an ornament. We still laugh hysterically. One one of our sweet friends left with two ornaments. I was going to say, we didn't all leave with the same ornaments, did we? Well, I think everybody bought one, but one person was not going to give up the ornament. She, <laughs> she will remain nameless. I, she went home with two ornaments, which is actually the perfect solution to the ornament debacle. <laughs> I don't think I remembered because I didn't see it happening because I was under the Christmas tree with my hands over my eyes. She was my roommate that trip. That's <laughs> it was a so it's a really great friendship and uh, just I think people wanted us to like speak on it and so what I'm saying is we've definitely had our ups and downs and I mean ups and downs one of us died I mean like you can't get more down in a friendship than that but it's such a solid supportive group of friends yeah and keep in mind it did not happen quickly I I mean you were pregnant with Kensington when we kind of started becoming friends with that whole big group. So she's about to be 13. Yeah. Yeah. So over 13 years, it's kind of morphed into what it is now. So just keep that in mind when you're out there on the hunt, if you are for a friend, a friend group like that. Okay. So what would be some, I don't know, places women could make friends because you and I both moved to McKinney and did not know anyone, correct? Yes. Yeah. So Andrew and I moved here. I did not know a single person and you and Tab, the exact same thing. So what are some ways that you just made friends in a new city? Well, let's start with Sunday school. (laughs) I I did it on purpose that night. (laughs) Okay. So let's start at church. Um, I know sometimes churches can be huge and it's hard to kind of get to know people on a personal level when you walk into church. But most offer some sort of community group, life group, Bible fellowship group, just some smaller group within the church. And I would encourage you to get plugged in. That's kind of where our group formed because we did share so many of the same core values and beliefs. And that's kind of how, you know, friendship works so well. Um, So that'd be my first tip. I would also say like work, you know, look around, meet some work friends, hang out on the weekends, some or after work. Um, If you have kids, you can check out some mom groups, introduce yourself to someone else at preschool and, you know, try to get, you know, come up with a play date or something like that. Yeah, I so Kensington was born in September. So I became a stay at home mom in September and stopped working for the first time in my life, you know, in an office building. But Erica didn't have Ebby Lee until April. So there were, you know, six or seven months there when I was home by myself. So I I needed for I needed just community of some sort. Andrew would go to work. Erica would she was pregnant, but she would be at work. So I joined a baby boot camp, like a a stroller stride. You bring your baby. Where I needed something where I could bring my baby with me that uh, was going to just introduce me to other moms that were similar to me. And I ended up doing that for over three years, and that was a great way for me to one, get out of the house every day, get some exercise, some fresh air. But most importantly, it was a great way for me to meet other women who I still are, I'm still friends with them today. I still see them in the community and our kids still go to some of the same schools and church events and stuff. So I just think there are, there are some ways you just really have to be intentional about it. Yeah, that's a great word. You might also have to do a lot of the introducing or um, not, not introducing some of the inviting. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good too. Yes. I think we could do a whole podcast on that. I, um, you have to make the effort and not just wait for other people to make the effort. Yes. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> you have to be proactive. I really think that you do. You have to reach out. You have to call. You have to invite. I do think it's so important to not just see a, see someone and think like, oh, she would be a good friend, but she doesn't ever acknowledge me. Or I mean, you really, you go after it if and you make the effort. I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Invite them to do something. Invite them. Invite, invite, invite. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we can't stress that enough because so much of it is you putting forth the effort too. I think one way we can talk about this is, so Erica and I live very close. I mean, you can walk to each other's houses, but it's technically in two different neighborhoods. <laughs> Erica lives in the fun neighborhood with all the fun people that are very social and outdoors. And I don't want to say it's been easy for you to make friends at all. That's not what I'm saying. But you seems like your neighbors are way more interactive. Yes, they're you're, they're just out there like you see human beings in your neighborhood where I live in a neighborhood where you people are inside their house. Like you don't see people walking around my neighborhood. People are very private. I think. Yeah, that's a good word. One of my neighbors said that I Definitely think that it's a very private neighborhood and people come here to be private and they're pros to that. Um, But I've had to really try to make friends and it's not always it's not always worked out, but I have really had to make an effort. And honestly, like Erica has 400 friends in her neighborhood and I have like three and I have to be okay with that. I mean, you know, I have to make an effort and, you know, sometimes it's just easier and sometimes it's harder. Yeah. Yeah. My neighborhood is super, super interactive, super um, inviting. I feel like, Um, I mean, they almost, the group that's my age in my neighborhood, they almost get together every month. I haven't been able to do it lately, but um, I think a lot of it, like you said, is just they're out front with their kids. They're playing in the street. They're riding bikes. They're walking. It's just very interactive. But yes, you just have to make the effort. Maybe your neighborhood is waiting for you to be the person that steps up and kind of starts that where you live. Who knows? Yeah, and that's exactly right. And if it's not, or you, I don't know, you've tried and your neighborhood's not going to be where you make friends, then, you know, join the PTA. You know, if you're at the gym, make an effort to connect with other people in your spinning class or your yoga class. I mean, it takes work. Yeah, it takes work. Yes, I think that's something to keep in mind. Like it's a lot of effort on your part. It's text messages, it's calling, it's checking in on them, it's you know, delivering a meal if they're sick. It's doing all those great things that friends do. But you're right, it is a lot of work. So you have to be committed as well. What would you say about your kids and their friends? And how are you navigating that with them making new friends? Maybe you don't know the new friends' parents. Hmm. Um, I mean, middle school is a little different. I don't know if we've said this or if we can say this on the podcast, but Ebby Lee and Kensington both don't have cell phones yet. So I think that's a little bit different than most, a lot of the other middle school kids or our parents are dealing with just because they're not interacting in that way at this moment. Right. I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode on yeah. technology, but yeah, we are, And part of why our friendship works so well is we have decided collectively to hold off on some of these things like technology for our kids. So I can see where if 
Ebby Lee had a cell phone and there was a lot of interacting with kids that I didn't know, it would, this would be a completely different conversation is why I'm saying that. So, I mean, she's interacting at school, she's making friends at school, but other than that, she's not, you know, having these like conversations or hangouts where I know nothing about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. They're making friends at school and at their sporting events, um, you know, their teams or whatever, like they're making friends with those kids. And then on the weekends when we are going to other siblings, sporting events they they have friends in that circle too but yeah you're that's exactly right church is a great way for your kids to make friends um, oh yeah i'm a big a big fan of that even if maybe your kid doesn't feel like oh i'm not fitting in or i don't have you know a group at church like keep sending them to youth group and they'll find a group yes 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 same with adults yeah Going, you'll find a group I mean, we're going to have to do a podcast on Enneagram because I'm just going to talk about it every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Say it. Say it. Eights are okay with fewer friends and deeper relationships where other numbers need more, feel more complete or just are drawn to having like larger groups of friends. So sometimes I have to um, remind myself that my kids like are making an effort to be to make a lot of friends because they're not an eight. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I really am okay with having fewer friends and they're more deeper, intimate kind of relationships. Uh, but not everybody's like that. Some people, like, they really are super social and want an, or need a, a lot of friends in their life. I think that almost goes along with just being older. We could probably do a podcast on being getting older too. But I think in our age group right now, with kids our ages, with activities and all of that, it's just hard to make time for friends, period. So I find myself just um, 100% being great with the fewer friends I have because when I have the few extra minutes, I want to be able to like really invest and really hang out with those friends. That's such a good point too because sometimes a very well-meaning, you know, someone will be like, hey, we should go have coffee, right? And if I have, and sometimes we're able to make that work, but I also think to myself, if I have an extra hour to go have coffee, I really should go have coffee with one of my dear sweet friends close friends that I don't get to see and spend enough time with. Yes. I should probably invest in that relationship. How often, Shay, do you think that, let's say our group of friends has been friends for like 13 years. How often do we get together? We get together. Well, we get together every other week. Like we make an, an effort and not everybody can always be there, but we make an effort to connect at least every other week in person. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. That's kind of a lot of time. When I've told people that before, I remember people being like, whoa, every other week. Um, And granted, I haven't been able to go in a long time because Bowen's had something. But yes, every other week. What about guys? Do the guys have nights? No. Uh, And I know that maybe in a lot of communities or I don't know, it's just our guys are not having like, quote, guys nights. But definitely sometimes you know, Andrew will be like, hey, you can watch the game and some guys will come over and watch a game or I don't know. Andrew Scholl does not require a lot of one-on-one time with his guy friends. He's one of those guys that can like, I haven't seen you in a month, but I can pick up right where I left off. But Andrew is good at inviting guys over maybe like on a smaller scale, not a group of 20, but you know, like a couple guys to watch something or watch a game. I also think for Tab, um, he... uh, Typically, every college football season or NFL season, I guess, he becomes like really tight with the guys on his crew. So 
I almost feel like every weekend when he goes away, it's almost essentially like a guy's weekend because he is getting to hang out with these guys that he's formed relationships with. And, you know, they're getting to, I don't know, do stuff guys do. No, that's such a good point. I also think Andrew really enjoys couples nights out. Oh, yeah. Which is something we do often. And sometimes we do it with just Tab and Erica, but sometimes we'll do it with three or four five other couples, like larger groups. Andrew really likes that dynamic of not just the guys going out, but couples going out. And we'll sit guys and girls, but there's just something about couples going out that's fun for him. I like it too. I love to do that. Yeah. I I think um, our girls nights, I don't know why I feel this is important to say, but they're usually just on a week night. And I think our marriage, married couple nights are usually on the weekend. So I can totally see where it would be almost odd to have girls night on like a Saturday when it's just, you know, the ladies hanging out. Um, So uh, yeah, I completely agree with Andrew. Yeah. On a weekday, Andrew feels like he's all talked out by the time he comes home from work. So he doesn't need to go hang out with his guys and talk more where I have been at, you know, I'm a girl. I'm I'll talk some more. <laughs> I love a, a weeknight girls night. That works well for me. Andrew just needs to like decompress more, I think, in the evenings on a weeknight than I do. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, some of the questions that we got were very repetitive. Like a lot of people wanted to know some of the same things. Um, and one fell under the umbrella of do our friend groups ever get jealous of other people in the group or other friendships in the group. I think they're probably referring to like our larger little bestie set. Is there jealousy or conflict? What do you think? Um, I think no. And like a true friend, 100%, I want the best for this person and I love them unconditionally. The answer is no. Um, I think if you're in a friendship where there is jealousy on your part or, you know, her part, I would say you know, maybe do a little digging internally because I kind of feel like you're maybe not that good of friends. Oh, that was that too harsh? <laughs> that was like spot on. I answered that kind of like an eight, didn't I? Did I? Yeah. So I liked it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I just, you know what? Friendships are not for life, right? They're seasonal. Yes. Sometimes the season is... 50 years, Eric has heard me talk about my grandmother's had the same group of friends, kind of like we have this group, bestie group. My grandmother's had the same bestie group for 55 years. Some friendships are to last a a 55-year season. Some friendships are supposed to be a six-month season, right? Like, it's it's not a bad thing if there are expiration dates to friendships. That's not bad. There's seasons, right? Life changes. People change. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And if jealousy or, or conflict is a constant issue, then maybe that season is over. Yeah. Okay. You segued right into the next question. So how do we and our friends fight and how do we handle conflict? Kind of addressed it. Um. So I, for me personally, in my 40 years, I would say that I don't like girl drama or girl conflict. So if I see that or feel that, I'm going to see my way out of the friendship. And um, I don't know, I feel like you get enough drama in life with your job or maybe, you know, being married is hard sometimes and being a parent is hard sometimes. Your parents or siblings can be difficult relationships sometimes. So my girlfriends, that's like the relationship I'm really getting to choose in life. 
I don't I don't want that to be a area of conflict for me. So if I see that, I'm I'm going to be one that's going to distance herself from that. Yeah. Speaking about this earlier, I'm going to be the one that's under the Christmas tree because I don't want to deal with any conflict. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think friendships, especially like girlfriend friendships should be easy. And if they're not, it just might not be the right friend for you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Like, yeah, I'm just not somebody's cup of tea and they might, you know, we just might not like mesh well, which is totally fine. We can't mesh with everyone, right? Yeah, there's. An, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we should be nice to everybody and oh, for sure, kind. But we, you don't. If it's like a constant, you know, source of turmoil, it's just it's a friendship. It's 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 time to close that chapter, and it's going to be in everyone's best interest, I think. And I've had to close some chapters before, and or some chapters have been closed on me before. And I, I'm always the better for it in the end because, you know, you just don't need to add the extra stress to your life with a girlfriend problem. Yeah, I agree. Com- they should be totally easy. Yeah. But side note, Erica, this season of our friendship is going to take us to death. So I just wanted you to know there is no expiration day. <laughs> you don't get out of this one. Um, I think if you're honest with people, that always helps. So if there is conflict and if you are being you know, honest about your feelings or your perception of it. Uh, if that's not going to be well received, if I don't know, if you're going to be honest and that's a problem, again, probably time to close that chapter. For sure. For sure. Um, do we mostly have the same friends? Do you and I? People wanted to know. Um, yes. I think a lot of it is because we live so close. So our kids are at the same school. Our neighborhoods are right next door to each other. Wouldn't you say yes? Well, and I would say that that's because it's intentional. Yeah. We've intentionally like, okay, this is a good thing. Like we need to uh, stay in the same circle. We live near each other. That's not an act. I mean, it was an accident at first, but now it's an intentional like life decision. Yeah. Yeah. I just think most of our um, interactions, like they overlap. Even my interactive neighbors, like Shay knows most of them because (laughs) we're at the same schools. So... Yeah, I'm just desperate for any sort of... (laughs) And Shay's hanging out on my street right after this podcast (laughs) to make some new friends. If you are listening to this and you live in my neighborhood, (laughs) please come to my front door. I would love to be your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And okay, then I think maybe one of the last questions is how do we, Erica and Shay, how do we intentionally make time for each other? Because it's strategic. I think it's strategic, right? Yeah, I mean, it all goes back to probably like we live near each other. We send our kids to the same school. So we interact all day long with so much <laughs> with life, with our business, with this podcast, with our families, with sports, with school. Erica, we work out together. <laughs> yeah, that I should start there. At 530 in the morning, we are already together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's easy, but it if I didn't see... Shay as much as I see her now. I mean, I feel like we would be texting or talking about other things throughout the day where, you know, right now we're talking about, I don't know, work or working out or whatever. Uh, We just absolutely adore this one trainer. She is amazing. And remember that one time we were walking into the gym to start our workout and it was like 520 in the morning. Oh, yeah. And she was like, I just do not know how you two have anything else left to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because in the middle of working out, if we, you know... 
every once in a while, like something hits you and I'm like, I'll forget this if I don't tell Shay this right now. And I would say it as we were doing, I don't know, like bicep curls or something. I'm speaking and she's like, get to work. (laughs) And I don't know, there was still more stuff to talk about as soon as class was over or before it. Yes. No, I, it's really, listen, we don't take it for granted. I also think because we lost our sweet friend, we understand how fragile life is and how we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So I really try not to take this friendship for granted um, or any of the other friendships that I have. And we do have other great friendships with other couples and people. And it, you know, we love our little community, but um, I try not to take any of them for granted. Yes. One more thing. I also think if your friends are not making you a better person, like Shay's type anus and her get done attitude make me a better person. So if Shay, hope I'm not bringing you down. If <laughs> if your people are not like making you better, right? Like iron sharpens iron. Like our friends should be making us better people. So just keep that in mind. Like look for people to be friend who are going to make you a better friend. Okay, that was great. We keep saying one more thing. I know. Sorry, I just thought of it. Oh, I have one more thing too, because that was so good. And I appreciate it. Listen, you make me uh, imagine how not fun I would be if I didn't know you. (laughs) If you hadn't been pouring into me, imagine how not fun I would be. I am going to say in the age of social media, in the age of social media where so many people are living their life online, authentic friends are the best friends. That's those are the truest relationships, right? When people are being like super authentic. So I I don't know if you have this friendship, but you're seeing a different side, good, maybe a better side, a worse side, a different side. I don't know. Like, I think that what's great about our friendships is I see you online and I see you in person and you're the same person. I see Schaefer and Andrea and Jenny. I see so many people who they are on the internet, but I'm like, that's who they are. They are the same sweet, fun. I think, you know, in 2021, you have to like, you have to look at who people are online and then look at who they are and your relationship with them. And you have to be like, is this really authentic or not? Like which version is authentic? Yeah, I've seen that meme. I can't remember it right now, but it's basically like, Whatever you say on the computer is basically whatever you're really, you know, saying. I don't know. It's more eloquent than that for sure. But yeah, for sure. Your friends, they should be the same no matter what platform you're seeing them on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're in a relationship with someone and that's not the case, I I think that's a red flag for just you being aware that really people should be the same. They should be the same across all platforms, including their normal life. Yeah. In person too. All right. I mean, does that wrap up friendship? We have some reader questions. Yeah. Okay. They're random. Maybe one of them will be about friendship. Yeah. You go first. Um, Okay. I'm going to pull out a random reader question. And okay. Oh, this is a good one. Ooh. All right. A reader asked, you girls are so active on social media. How do you handle your kids being on social media platforms? Great question. Mm. Womp, womp. But the answer is they're not on social media platforms. (laughs) Do you mean on their own? Like, because they don't have cell phones yet because they're, I don't know, they're, we just haven't done that yet. We feel like they're maybe not ready. Um, My 
kids don't have that yet. I don't know. If, or the question could mean like on our social media platform. So let because neither one of our none of our kids have social media. So let's so then let's twist it for us. Okay. Them being on like our Instagram, our blogs. Okay. I personally, for one, <laughs> I just try not to share too much. Like I try to share things that my kids would 100% be okay with me sharing if they have a bad day, if I'm frustrated about something, um, or they're frustrated with me, I am going to tell my girlfriends about that, right? Like, we're going to talk about that when we're going to dinner or whatever. But I'm not going to put it on social media. I have really tried to always just paint my kids in a good light, because I think it would be super unfair to yeah, to be negative about my kids. And trust me, I mean, I've had many mom moments, just like it would be unfair to be negative about um, my mom and dad or a friend. If they don't have the same platform to express their side of it, it would be very unfair for me to, you know, I'm sure they have negative things to say about me. Yeah. It's my parents, right? Like if they don't have that same opportunity, it's just wouldn't be fair for me to use mine to in any way put anybody down. So including my kids. So yeah. And it's just not right to do. I mean, your parents or your friends or whoever, Andrew, when he's frustrated, could put it out there on social media, but it's not right. So yes. Yeah. Not perfect people, but I just always want to to show you things I'm proud of as a mom. All right. Okay. Our next question. Next question. Here we go. Ooh. What product, appliance, or gadget do you use the most every single day? It can't be a cell phone, a watch, or a coffee maker. Oh, I was going to say coffee maker. Oh, gosh. Now I have to really think. Um, because those were the three I was going to say. You were going to say your cell phone, your watch, and your coffee maker? This person clearly knew me. Like, when they wrote the question, they were like, I'm going to get her. What? Um, I mean, let's be real. I use the washing machine every day because laundry never lets me down. <laughs> We've been talking about that. I was going to say my air fryer because I do think I use that every day. That's a good one. I'm going to air fry my lunch here in a minute when we're done with the podcast. Ooh. And I'll go home and put in a load of laundry. <laughs> okay. Does that answer that question? But really, it's my coffee maker. But that that's what I would have said, too, until I saw the, like, it can't be that. Question three. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now at this moment with no restrictions, where would it be and why? Oh, anywhere in the world. So I'm gonna, I'm not going to say something like deep. Okay. Yeah, me neither. I would. Yeah. You want to go first? Not deep. No, you go because I don't know what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to say like Bora Bora or somewhere like super secluded because then no matter how the world is looking right now, it would still feel normal. Um, I would love to be on a beach, you know, with a gorgeous ocean in the background. And maybe it's quiet. Maybe there are no kids and it's just adults. <laughs> I love my kids, but it's really quiet. I, I mean, I think that's what I would choose like right now off the top of my head. Bora Bora. Okay, that sounds really amazing. <laughs> um, I'll go there too. I'll go with you. But see, this is the difference between us. I was thinking like, I want to be like at a table outside at a cafe in Paris. And I want it to be like loud and noisy and like oh. normal and people are... You want it to be 2025. Yes. Okay. I'm wearing a mask and everybody, it's just like we're hugging and it's just so like loud. You're going for quiet. I'm going for like, no, I'm in the middle of it all again. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Get a board board too. Okay. okay. Our last reader question. What is that? Okay. 
With everything going on, oh my gosh, this question. Okay, Shay, we might need it. Here we go. In a normal week, how many times do you and your spouse make it happen? Well, I wasn't expecting that question. (laughs) My face is red. We're not even on video and my face is red. On a normal week, I would, do you want me, you can go first. My answer was going to be, sarcastic what's your answer you you go missy what you say and then i'll I'll answer i mean are we answering honestly i'm answering honestly okay i would say on a normal week we make it happen three days a week (laughs) i listen we are enneagram eights over here we are over (laughs) okay that's all i'm gonna say jay you can answer it answer it honestly don't you guys want to know the truth (laughs) erica knows the truth because she knows our personalities but i would say we are aiming for a five or six kind of a week because we are overachievers okay there you go that's how we roll over here (laughs) perfect (laughs) oh my gosh okay this episode was on friendship Yes, we're so glad you guys stopped by as we broke it down. Yeah, thank you so much for all of your questions that you've been sending us. We love them. And I hope you just enjoyed our little, you know, inside peek at our friendship. We'll see you next time. Bye. The Bestie Breakdown is brought to you by Erica Slaughter and Shay Scholl. It's produced by John Reinhardt at Free Dream Studio. We love emails. Reach out to us at thebestiebreakdown at gmail.com.
The Bestie Breakdown is brought to you by Erica Slaughter and Shay Scholl. It's produced by John Reinhardt at Free Dream Studio. We love emails. Reach out to us at thebestiebreakdown at gmail.com. 